We're still deep into winter. Days are shorter. And well, just to put it simply, it's depressing. There's a lot of people that deal with that each day. Wintertime just seems to make it worse. I hope you'll enjoy this week's episode titled, The Hotline. Terry, as we all know, Valentine's is one of those things where it smiles and all, you love somebody. But there's another side to Valentine's that people just don't realize. What is that? Well, you know, the Roy Orbison song, Only the Lonely. There's a lot of lonely people in this world. Not that they can't find someone. It's just that they've never hooked up with the right person. Or maybe they've lost somebody. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a horrible time. Just like at Christmas and holidays. Yeah, that, where, where we're all joyous yeah. and we're thinking that this is such a wonderful occasion to be around family and friends. And we're all laughing. There are, you know, I say laughing, but laughing and enjoying each other's company and in good spirits. Yeah, there are people out there that absolutely dread that day. And, you know, we don't quite understand it, but, you know, the older you get, the more... Appreciative I, are you, you, that you are of it? Yeah, and you realize that uh, some people at some point break and leading into suicide of, of the people that do this. It, and, and I brought this up to you not long ago. One of my all-time favorite country artists, he, he's been around forever, had the song called Me and Jesus. I remember the year that Clayton Delaney died. Tom T. Hall, 85, 86 years old committed suicide and we didn't know it for two to three months that that's what he done and how i mean he's got to be old he was 85 86 oh you said that yeah and you know why we may never know you kind of wonder if you're at that age you kind of wonder is it related to health you know i'm in pain or and i do believe that there are mercy i hate to say this but mercy kill i hate to say not killings but that you're putting somebody it's just like your beloved dog I mean, the reason that you put them down is not because you're trying to be mean. It's because you're trying to be selfless. Who was the doctor years ago? that Kevorkian. Yeah, and that was in the... Whatever become of that? I, I don't know. I mean, I think he... They, That's not legal what he was doing. No, though, and right? I think that that's the whole debate right now is I think you can take that to the extreme and, and just because I have a hangnail, you know, I don't think that we ought to have somebody that's doing these... Mercy... Is that the word for it? Uh, yeah, it's just letting people die in peace. And I guess, and pain-free is really the goal. But until you've been there, I got to tell you, my dad was, you know, hanging on for his last breath, and he died of cancer. And this was something he fought for seven-plus years. Not one minute did he ever think of taking his own life. But I guarantee you he was in pain. And there were a lot of times that you're, you're trying to get ahead of the pain with medication. Don't tell me that if you love that person long enough and as much as you have and growing up loving that person that you wouldn't consider it. I, I see exactly. Not that you would follow up on it, but nobody wants to see their loved ones in suffer. pain. But now the thing is, I think that's concerning, is it's bad enough. Would you say Tom T. Hall? Yeah, Tom T. A- 85, you said, mm-hmm. that commits suicide. But you're starting to see young people and i think that's when it really tugs at your heart i saw 47 year old in today's news that committed suicide just out of the blue he was a head of a company couldn't handle the pressure i guess and let's step back how long ago has it been since uh the comedian uh, mork from ork you're talking about robin williams yeah 
I, that was a shocker to so many people because he was the funny man. You know, what finally did it? Is it total depression? Is it something that happened in their life? We may never know. Well, and this is the one that just came out uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Was and I don't know if you caught this on the news. Former USA death sparks growth controversy on mental health. And this is saying that Miss USA and extra correspondent Chelsea Christ, beautiful girl, commits suicide. She jumps out of a building. 60 stories. 60 stories? Yeah. It's hard for us that have never, ever contemplated suicide. But it scares me to death that people think that's the only option they have to finally get peace. Now, I've often, and I've talked to a preacher before at this point. You go to church and you learn that your body is the temple of God and you're not supposed to harm it. But most preachers that I've ever spoke to says that a person, when this happened, is not of the right, right mind and uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Right mind and body. How does that term go? Sound mind and body. Yeah, something like that. And, and they're I not, mean, I think they'll, I think our listening audience kind of has to give us a pass, Scotty, <laughs> because we're gonna we're gonna botch up a lot of things that we say. Yeah, but I just don't think they know what they're doing at that time, and so they're not they're not held accountable for something that they're not aware of they're doing. Does that make kind of kind of make sense? I just think it's so concerning, and this is where I think the discussion really needs to head, and that is you see so much with social media. You cannot tell me there's not a link between suicides and social media. Well, we've seen people arrested for bullying people until they committed suicide. You see this in high school a lot. This was an article that was published February the 16th, 2021 in U.S. News and World Report. We found that girls who started using social media at two to three hours a day or more at the age of 13 and then increased that use over time had the highest levels of suicide risk in emerging adulthood. Among boys, however, no such pattern emerged. One reason why was her team theorized is that social media and young girls tend to focus on the same thing, relationships. Girls also have a higher level of social comparison, fear of missing out, etc. So that is why the effects were likely stronger for girls. And that goes back to also having to look the prettiest, like the girl in the magazine that is starved for months, and they don't meet that expectation, and they end up, well... You take a photo, okay, and you're going to put it out there on social media. You don't take just one. You take about ten, and everybody gathers around the photo, and you pick out the best one. It's pretend. It's not realistic. But when you're talking about a 13-year-old, and let's face it, and I'm not condemning the parents that do so. We've all made our choices, and we all have vast reasons as to why we gave our children phones when we did. Some hold out longer. Some give a child a phone when they're in kindergarten. But they grow up, and they're attached to that. Scotty, look how detached we are as a family. We're sitting there, and you got, how many times have you gone to a restaurant, say, a family of four, and none of them are interacting with one another? Mom, dad, son, and daughter are sitting there looking at their phone. There's so many good things that come out of social media, but I got to tell you, there's that's a scary statistic when you know that suicides are increasing. And I, I just think that as parents, we have to be mindful of that. And like you said, cyberbullying. 
what happened to the days when you used to say something about your mama wore combat boots and you know everybody laughed and it was you know it was hurtful to the child mama, that said that but, but you remember that your mama's so ugly I oh mean, yeah exactly it was just a joke yeah even as harsh as it might have been in the days you and i were growing up it is to a whole different level think about somebody bullying let's just say a female okay and 20 30 years ago well if you didn't have the internet it was just through gossip now you can put it out on social media and really wreck someone's life or as they perceive it and that's the case with miss usa they said that as beautiful as she was and everybody would love to look like her even a fraction of what she looked like and what she represented i mean she was so well spoken she had her act together or at least it appeared she appeared confident and she was constantly taking criticism on social media and i'm sure that took its toll what the real reasons were for her depression i don't know but we're getting ready to speak to an expert that can hopefully give us some some insight well let's do that who is it that we're going to talk to here we're going to talk to Dr. Teresa Crawford. And let me just give you a little bio on her. She has her Ph.D. in school psychology. She has 29 years in the North Carolina urban public school system. She conducts evaluations for special education, including dyslexia, autism, ADHD, and mental health concerns like autism, depression. She is part of a team that conducts suicide and threat assessments and does part-time private practice conducting evaluations. So I think she's more than qualified to kind of provide some insight as to what she has experienced. Doc, let me ask you this. As we talk about people that commit suicide, would you say that there's a larger percentage of celebrities that commit suicide or just the average Joe in America? Is the pressure higher on a celebrity than it is the average Joe out there? Oh, I wouldn't say there's higher pressure on celebrities in suicide. It goes across all socioeconomic races and everything. I don't think there's any study that would say that. Okay. Well, I was just curious if they thought that they held to a higher standard. But you do hear a lot of just the average Joe that you would have never expected to do it. It happens. All right. So, Teresa, I got a question for you. Based on your experience, are you seeing any links from social media use to an increase in suicides in your experience in the uh, public school system? Well, I wouldn't say that I see a direct link between social media and suicide, but I would say that I see anecdotally a connection between use of social media and increase in anxiety, depression, inability to self-regulate, and those kids that have difficulties in those areas may be more prone to committing suicide. All right. Now, tell me if you've Mm -hmm. heard of more cases of this. I read this six, seven months ago. It was a a boy that was 14, 15 years old. A girl starts texting him. And before long, he ends up giving nude pictures of himself to the girl. Well, it turns Mm -hmm. out that was a a scam the entire time. And they come back and they tell the, the boy that if he doesn't give them X amount of dollars by 3 p.m. tomorrow, that they're going to spread these all over social media and his reputation is going to be ruined. And he ended up committing suicide over it. Do you hear many cases like this? I have heard cases like that before. I serve kids that are in my 29 years between 
pre-kindergarten all the way to 12th grade. So the most recent couple of years, I've only served elementary schools, but I have worked many years in middle and high school. And I have seen where kids do become so overcome with anxiety because of something that has been on social media. And usually, you know, I have been involved in kids that have killed themselves, but it's not usually, we don't trace it to one social media event. So there's typically things that we could look back and say, well, you know, she had anxiety or he was depressed or there were traumas earlier in their life. Um, so it's not, it's not usually where I could say, oh, it's definitely because of that post on social media. I would say just in my 29 years, I have seen and dealt with more suicides than I did very early in my career. So, and, and, you know, I, I do think social media, there is a component of social media to that, of course, because just like I said, it increases your fear of missing out, you're comparing yourself to other people. It makes you anxious if you can't answer, you know, a social media post or if you don't get enough likes, you know, or comments or whatever. It also causes a lack of sleep because, you know, you're, they, kids sleep with their phones because they're always checking them. So, you know, if you put all those things together, it does make kids more dysregulated and less likely to be able to deal with emotions that are negative. We give phones to kids at such an early age. We think of it as it's a needed necessity. I got to give them. A, I got to give Junior right. a phone because they're going to kindergarten or whatever. And heaven forbid they need to get in touch with Mama. They can, and then before you know it, they've got a smartphone and they're out there on TikTok or Instagram or whatever else. Yeah. And I mean, they don't even have relationships. In the old sense, like you and I did growing up in high school together oh, and going sure. to church together, right. it's a totally different mm-hmm. world. And it's it's almost their relationship is through that tool and that tool being the phone. Social media is we look at it as making the world a smaller place. You can get information quick. There's some good to it. If your friends in France, they can send you a picture real time when, when they're at the Eiffel Tower. There's so much negative to it that also get the news where there's been a bombing across the world. Just having a smart device, so whether it's an iPhone, an iPad, made a generation of kids be very socially isolated. So they interact through social media or they're sitting next to each other and texting each other or responding to a social media post. So it is very isolating. And then when you're in a real situation where you have to interact face-to-face, it's very hard for kids to do that. They really don't have the skills to do it. And then you couple that with COVID, and you've got kids that are doing online classes at home. They're not interacting with their friends. They are isolated even more. So it kind of ends up meaning they're more dependent on these smart devices. Right. Well, I'll tell you, when I'm in meetings with parents, especially with young, so if I'm in an elementary meeting and we're talking about their kid has, whether I'm diagnosing, you know, autism or ADHD or a learning disability, or we're talking about anxiety or depression, I always get on my soapbox about how much device time do they have. It's really negatively impacting them. So I get on my soapbox about you've got to withdraw the device from them, but at the same time, 
we're using them in school all day long. You know, so I say that I'm being a hypocrite because we use them in school. Kids are on devices at school. We need them. You know, there's some good use, but then I'm saying they shouldn't be on them because of the, the negative impact. So it really is, it's a difficult tightrope to walk. I could see that. All right, let me ask this, uh, because I think as a parent, you have to ask this. What are the warning signs that you need to get help for your child? If you're listening to this, you're thinking, well, my child could be doing this. What is something that you would notice? What type of behavior should you do to, to get a little help for your child? Well, things like kids that used to play sports don't want to play sports anymore. They don't go outside to play. They get angry or cry if you take away their device. If you limit their time on their device, they will fuss about that. See them not being able to regulate their emotions. So when they're really angry, they can't control that emotion. There's a lot of things that you can see. It's really with all ages, but with young kids, when smartphones or smart devices came out, you know, and I mean, I guess maybe the early, maybe mid-90s, so I've been in my particular school system since 93, so it was probably maybe late 90s, and I remember after about, I don't know, 10 years of smart devices, just, you know, psychologists would talk at meetings just about increases in anxiety and depression among all of the kids, no matter what level that we served, and that we would just see kids couldn't regulate themselves, and if you tried to take a device away, they would just flip, and so we've said anecdotally that we, we were connecting it to device usage and the way that it stimulates the brain and they become addicted to it, you know, and that's just all anecdotal from just a bunch of us sitting around talking about it, but then there was a book that was um, written by, I think it's Jean Twinge, I think her name is, so Dr. Twinge, and she quantified all the data about smart devices and the increase in anxiety and depression and the decrease in kids being able to regulate themselves and be motivated and be good citizens. So is the solution to this just as simple as the parent controlling how often they are on their phones and how do you regulate? They get so much time to be on their phone, but they spend all that time on social media. I mean, how do you control that? That's why I start with the parents of really young kids because it is very difficult once a kid's been using a smart device and then social media consistently to pull it away from them. Now, I still say do it, but it's very difficult the older they are and the longer that they've been using it. And, you know, what I encourage parents to do is you can't just say put down the device. You have to have an alternative. So let's let's play a board game kids don't really do that as much as we did when we were growing up you know let's go outside and play as a family and then you also have to model so you can't say put your cell phone down you know don't look at facebook or kids don't really do facebook too much but instagram or snapchat and then we're sitting there scrolling through our computers and our phones yeah so, i mean you have to model the behavior that you want your kids to do as well yeah i think that's a good point think about it you're on your way to work you realize you left your cell phone you know what i do I, oh my gosh i left my and cell it, phone i turn around and i go back and get it this goes all across the U.S. What do you suggest somebody, somebody's in Montana, somebody's in California, uh, maybe somebody is listening from Georgia. Wh- where do you turn to? Who do you call if you're listening to this and you think, something's wrong, I need to do something. 
where do you go to the phone and call somebody? What agency or in the school, how do you go about finding someone? You know, it depends on the state. So, you know, in North Carolina, we have many school psychologists. Some states don't really have school psychologists in the capacity that we work, but school counselors. I mean, even a teacher can hook you up with someone in the school that can help you, a social worker. Um, I share a book. I have a parent library that I share books with parents all the time. And that Jean Twinge book that I mentioned is one that I loan out all the time, not just to parents, but to principals. You know, obviously, any mental health agency that does counseling because how addiction to social media devices really manifest really is with anxiety and depression. Have you ever seen the documentary Social Dilemma? Yes, I have seen that. That's pretty interesting. Y'all had to put zero on Shadow's Corner. I hadn't seen this. Uh, you need to watch it, Scotty. My husband and I will be, you know, sitting in the den and we say something like, say a word like, like Adidas or something. And then it pops up in our social media feed. Yep. Right. And we didn't type anything in our phone. It's kind of spooky, but you think about that's the impression and that's the, uh, the connection. And I, I don't know the word I'm looking for that, that kids have with these phones. I mean, right. you remember the day when we got a phone call and you had one phone, if you were lucky, maybe if your parents were really fortunate, you might have had two phones. You usually had right. a phone in the kitchen and it could only stretch so far. Yep. If you wanted to have a private conversation, good luck. We have changed so much. And I just remember that my parents would be out screaming my name after dinner, you know, for us to come back in for the end of the night. I mean, we were out playing. And I just think that there's a lot of good that comes out of these phones and there's an awful lot of bad. But when you see... If what we're reading is correct and from your experiences that you're starting to see suicide increase, and I mean, people not, feeling like they're, they're not perfect. None of us are, but it's almost like right. we can't be accepting of the fact that we're going to have these flaws. And you take somebody like Miss USA, who from all indications seem to be a very sharp lady, young lady who had a promising career and life ahead of her that from all indications, appeared to be gorgeous, as most of us would die to be, you know, look just a slight bit like her. And she obviously had so much self-doubt or depression that it just, it's Mm -hmm. kind of one of those things that makes you kind of scratch your head and think, oh my gosh, it seems to be some of the ones that we would least suspect are the ones that are so unhappy. There's so much cyberbullying, too. Girls and boys, whatever, will just same mean things and then then these kids young adults internalize it and start believing that it's true obviously it's not as we come to a conclusion of this terry i hope somebody picked up a little bit of what she had to say that will help you recognize a problem with your child uh, that's the most precious thing that you've got in the world well i think this is somebody who's speaking with a lot of knowledge and working with children so i think i think that uh dr crawford or as i know her teresa did a really good job of giving she us did. some um, some tips of things to look for and then what to do if you see those. And we appreciate her calling in and joining us there. And if, as always, if you've got a topic you'd like to hear us talk about, shoot us an email. Hopefully this week you picked up on a thing or two that, well, might help you or someone you love. Remember this, it costs absolutely nothing to be nice to someone. And well, sometimes that's all it takes. 
I hope you'll join us back next week for another episode of Secrets from the South. <laughs>